Well, friends, we're back for another installment of our midweek soul care conversation. This week, we are joined by the one and the only Heather Moga. Hi. What's up, Heather? Not much. I was waiting for the uh, applause to happen. I know it's happening remotely. Yeah. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm happy to be here. Done with work. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yep. Okay, so Heather, for some people know you, some people don't. Why don't you share a little bit about yourself and how you spend your days? Yeah. Well, I've been in Austin about seven years, so I'm not an original. It's been great to be here. Love living here. Living here gives me a lot of space to do fun things that I like, like be outside, spend time on our various green belts. Austin has a pretty spectacular range of like state parks within about a three hour radius. And so me and some friends have kind of made it a mission to get to all of them. Oh, so how many have you done? Oh man, probably a dozen, I'd Oof, say. That's great. Yeah. Um, a little bit of pickleball, a little bit of reading. I work for a nonprofit and we have a really healthy work-life balance, which is great. So I don't usually spend more than 40 hours a week at it, but <laughs> love my work and uh, work with Haley Patterson at Red Oak Hope. Awesome. Okay, I thought maybe we'd start off with playing a little game of sorts. Okay. okay? So is there this, a winner or loser situation? You, uh, it's yeah. It's you can lose. Okay. <laughs> uh, I guess so. What's the point if you can't That's win right. or lose? <laughs> All right. So I want you to name that tune. Okay. Okay. Pretty simple. Won't ever be able to name it. Slow down like six. no. Girls just want to have fun. Wow. But it's like slowed down, right? Yes. You got that pretty early. <laughs> That's rough sounding. <laughs> yeah. I I was thinking about using this idea <laughs> for a sermon <laughs> illustration. And it just took too long. Yeah, too long. <laughs> it's like also it. kind of spooky. <laughs> All right, so my idea was like how things change, like the meaning of things change yeah. when you slow them down. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about the conversation that we had on Sunday about what does it look like to have a slow down spirituality mm-hmm. and how that changes the meaning of our days. Yeah. And you and I have talked about uh, the practice of Sabbath and slowing down before and uh, you also wrote the week's worth of a journal this for this week. I didn't think you were going to ever identify people I with the so week. Sorry. I just wanted people to judge it, you know, on its face. And... You have been outed. That <laughs> okay. was your work, uh, which I think was great. So I thought it'd be really, really meaningful to have this dialogue together. So to kick it off, you and I have talked about this quote, I think, in the past, how a pastor once uh, was interviewing Dallas Willard. Um, who just passed away a a while ago. And he asked them the question, um, what must one do to become who they were created to be? The one that someone wants to be. And after a long pause, Dallas Willard responded, you must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. So that was like the one thing. So this pastor who was interviewing Dallas Willard scribbled that down on the journal and said, okay, what else? And to his surprise, Dallas Willard responded by saying, there is actually nothing else. Hurry is the great enemy of the spiritual life in our day. You must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. So what's the big problem with hurry? Why is that such a destructive force? Yeah, 
I love that in the description, it was his answer was preceded by a long pause. There's a lot of <laughs> wisdom in that. And that he says of our day, you know, mm-hmm. this may not have been the focus of spiritual formation 2000 years ago, like this specific right. idea of like hurry and being hectic and harried. Um, yeah, thinking about this, I think like hurry does, um, uh, it disorders things, right? Like we might have these things that we really value, um, people we want to be, ways we spend our time, but like hurry and busyness kind of can't let us keep those things in their appropriate order. So that's Mm -hmm. like one of the ways that I think about the harm that's done in the hectic and the hurry. And then I think there's definitely like the quality over quantity concept of what happens when we live these like really hurried, busied, frenzied lives. Like Mm -hmm. it's a lot of disordering in the way that we can actually live out the things that we probably do value, but how can you live those things out well when it's in this like hyper speed overdrive? Yeah. Yeah. It's like uh, we're so frantically trying to check off all the boxes of our day that we don't realize that there's some things that maybe aren't on that list that -hmm. that we're not checking off. Mm -hmm. And following Jesus will reorder that list. If, If hurry disorders our life, then following Jesus uh, is the solution, mm-hmm. correct? Yeah. Um, and I've noticed in your in the week's writing, you talked about the three out, uh, three mile an hour God. Yeah. Yeah. So what was that concept? Yeah, that's been really profound to me. I That might have even come out of a previous sermon series I've listened to on Sabbath. I don't remember how I was introduced to this author. So this is a Japanese theologian, like a contemporary. I think he's, you know, only passed away within the last couple decades and uh, just a really fascinating writer, especially coming from a more Eastern, yeah. yeah, kind of perspective. And so I found his stuff to be like simple, but profound and challenging, but he sort of came up with this way of talking about the speed of God, the speed of love, the speed of life. And he compared it to the average speed of a human walking Which and that's three, three, three miles, miles an hour, hour. and yeah. I, that's just so profound to think about like god made matter he made the universe he made humans and we do live within the context of space and time i i think you know a lot of human striving is to like we try to save time like we can store it up and then use it in other ways later we try to do things better faster quicker get places sooner mm-hmm. all of that stuff but like We were created within a 24-hour day, a seven-day week, an average span of 72 years of life, and we walk at about the pace of three miles an hour. And, like, there's something to be said for actually living within those constraints and maybe appreciating them for what they allow to happen. Right. This is a quote from that uh, Koyama book that you're mentioning, A Three-Mile-An-Hour God. God walks slowly because God is love. Love has its speed. It's an inner speed. It's a spiritual speed. It's a different kind of speed than the technological speed to which we're accustomed. It is slow, yet it is Lord over all other speeds since it's the speed of love. And um, this goes back to your idea about how hurrying in the pace in which we live disorders our life away from the speed of love, which is unhurried, um, which is what Jesus displayed over and over again. And one of the things that Jesus displayed and gave us was 
the example of Sabbath. So that's the practice that we are going to uh, to explore this week as a church. So why don't you just share a little bit about what the Sabbath is and what it's not? And this concept of like practicing something like this was never a part of my Christian experience growing up. I think retrospectively, I can definitely say like my dad was a workaholic. We had a small family business. He would never, ever, ever have considered closing on a Sunday. Like it just didn't matter. And we were in church every Sunday. You know, we were at all the things. But this idea of rest was not something we really ever practiced. And so very new concept for me when it was introduced a couple years ago. Um, And I think one of the things that's helped me the most is that it isn't something you have to earn. And it isn't something you have to feel bad about if you didn't work hard enough in the days leading up to it. Like, hopefully over time, we decreasingly enter into our rest at a burnt out sort of like Mm -hmm. stage of being. Um, So it isn't something you have to earn. And I think something else that has helped kind of anchor me in relationship to, I'd say both Sabbath and like a host of other spiritual disciplines is kind of thinking about it as like an antidote. So like if I'm super amped up about something, um, if I'm living at this like frenzied pace, doing the exact opposite is probably the thing that I need most. Mm. Similarly to struggling maybe with like over consuming or addiction, like maybe fasting is actually the thing that I should practice. And when I was thinking about that today, it reminded me of what you said on Sunday about like not listening to the loudest voices. Mm -hmm. It sort of creates space to hear these other voices and like, I know that I am driven by productivity, like accomplishment (laughs) and efficiency and like speed. Because I'm like, well, if you could do it smarter, better, faster, why wouldn't everybody try to do this thing? And so Sabbath is the total antithesis Mm. of that and like brings up very like deep questions for me about purpose and identity and Mm -hmm. like, who are you if you're not producing? And I can't experience that unless I'm doing the exact opposite of that thing. So I think about it as this antidote to like the hurry sickness that mm-hmm. we have that I experience yeah. that I live into. Yeah. That the, the imagery of the iceberg has been helpful for me in this, in this time to think about like the Sabbath is the day where we, we ensure that there's a day where we go below the surface. And, um, that oftentimes will bring up, anxiety and questions it'll bring up some restlessness like i love the sabbath i you know i try to practice it weekly i love the sabbath and i it always makes me anxious because <laughs> i don't have those little bitty affirmations that my day was worth it because i knocked out all these things i accomplished this i produced this uh but even that restlessness is trying to tell us something that we should grow more accustomed to what does it look like to find your value and your identity, not by what you produce, but by simply who you're with, namely mm-hmm. God, mm-hmm. and the ability to rest because that's a gift from God. So I'm curious, like, what does Sabbath look like for you? How do you practice Sabbath? Um, well, I will lead with saying I appreciated that the way you framed the invitation for the podcast was people who are also still figuring it out. <laughs> sure. You know, like I, probably nobody coming on for any particular topic would say, oh, and I'm the expert and this is how it's done. Um, so I would say it's still relatively like intermittent for me in terms of it being this like for sure solid 24 hours. I will say I have started approaching my weekends really differently. Like I try not to fill up my weekends in general with Mm -hmm. things to create space. Um, 
I found it very helpful for me to actually write this on my calendar. I like to start the Friday evening to sun Saturday evening, sort of like that full 24 hour period. I think it's great for people to incorporate Sunday, um, but I kind of like the full 24 hour period of mm -hmm. potential nothingness within that. Um, and so I like coming home from work on Friday, preparing to kind of like do whatever I've set out to do for my simple Sabbath. Um, I definitely have found that I need to actually like do some things beforehand, probably on Thursday. So I don't feel like I need to like clean my house or get things organized, so, like, or, like grocery shop. To, to do the Sabbath. I mean, in Jewish tradition, there's preparation that has to yeah, be Yeah, absolutely. Taken. Absolutely. Um, so for me, that's kind of starting on Friday evening, going until Saturday evening. Um, I'd say it's relatively simple. I mean, I have a roommate. But I don't have a family, so I don't necessarily always have like a great feast to kick it off, though I love the idea of that. Um, I've loved using like candles to mark the beginning and ending, mm -hmm. like lighting a candle and blowing it out as sort of like a you know, a visual representation of it. Um, and I've really appreciated the idea of filling your Sabbath with rest and things that bring you joy. Mm -hmm. um, of course, there's like a more maybe traditional spiritual element of that, of maybe like time with God, time spent right. in worship. I think honestly, time spent in service is appropriate as mm -hmm. well. Like if you think about some of the stuff that Jesus, Jesus did on the did, Sabbath, yeah. like he was kind of always helping people out. He was right. getting in a lot of trouble for right. it. Um, I think if that maybe goes into the realm of being like super burdensome or this high expectation for your, that you might put on yourself saying, I have to volunteer at least two hours a day on every Sabbath. Then like you might want to revisit the why behind it, mm -hmm. but like it can be really life giving to do that thing and to set that time aside. Um, I nap probably a lot on <laughs> Sabbath, like true, That's just good. uninterrupted sleep because I can, um, I'd say I probably read the most. Um, mm. I generally try not to watch or stream anything. Mm. Um, I think for people who have like kiddos, maybe like a Friday night movie could be a great anchor for mm -hmm. a family or whatever. But for me, I kind of choose not to do that thing. I think one of the most interesting practices for me to have incorporated in my Sabbath is like no shopping, no browsing, no window shopping, like trying not to let any money be exchanged mm. and like ceasing from sort of all forms of consumerism. Mm -hmm. um, and it's kind of crazy. It's like when you don't eat food for 24 hours, right. you're like, I didn't know I could think about food so <laughs> much or want to eat so badly. Yeah. But like you, I have realized how much time is spent, like how much mental energy can be occupied with like, Oh, I, I need to make a list for that. I need to pick this thing up or I'd like to do that in my house. Or I'd like to like, no, none of that. Yeah. Like, throw something on a piece of paper if it's life or death and you think you might forget it. You know, I don't have to be that legalistic, but that's been an interesting element for me that, you know, maybe somebody wouldn't think about as being right. part of your Sabbath, but like, don't spend any money. Right. Rest from all of that. Rest from that too. Like whatever's driving your days, whatever's moving your days, uh, that's the thing to uh, take off mm -hmm. and to put on a different yoke. Mm -hmm. uh, the yoke from the gentle and easy yoke from Jesus. Mm -hmm. So speaking of that, let me let me close this time by by reading that passage. That I think that'd be really sweet to do. So this is um, from Matthew chapter eleven. These are Jesus's words, and I'll read from the Message version, like like we did on Sunday. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you 
how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Heather, thanks so much for leading us in this and I really, really appreciate your words. Thanks for having me.